Have you wondered about living elsewhere after you retire? Well, we have almost daily. As you know, it is not an overnight decision. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about places to consider living in during your retirement. Hey, guess what, folks? I retired. Oh, my goodness. This July 2021. I'm so sorry, Jean. I wish you could join me in the freedom, but you have a few more years for that pension. I don't think you're that sorry. I am. Can't you tell? We embarked on certain for a new place to move for our retirement. We made a trip to Winter Park, Florida in February of 2020, came home and said, mm, maybe not for us. As we were planning for the next trip, the pandemic arrived. Jean then came up with this brilliant idea of doing a podcast to find out what others are doing. With so many baby boomers retiring, many must be relocating. So why not connect with them and pick their brains? Here's a little background about us. I'm Asian, born in Brazil and grew up in in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney turned podcaster. Oh man, I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> yes, I, you are. <laughs> thanks. I recently retired from my job practicing higher education law within a university. No more students, faculty, or staff. Whoa, this is going to be great. <laughs> I love the college environment, but what do I honestly love even more? Hmm, sleeping in, not setting an alarm, staying up all hours, binging crime drama, and silly romantic comedies, developing the podcast, volunteering. Okay, let me stop. More to come, people. More to come. Jane? I'm not Asian. And as Gil mentioned, I'm not retired. I'm just plain tired. I'm sorry. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I've always wanted to leave. We've lived in Brooklyn, New York for many years and have been thinking about our future home. I'm a law librarian working in a court who loves his job, but we're retired by the time we select our ideal location. Mm, don't know about that. <laughs> We've been speaking to folks from all around the country and world who have moved to their dream venues and more. So please stay tuned. And remember, if you know anyone who has moved anywhere for retirement, let us know. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Paradise. Today, we will hear about Venice, Florida, with stopovers on a tiny island in the British West Indies and on mega yachts. You heard me, mega yachts throughout the Caribbean. Venice is a city on Florida's Gulf Coast in Sarasota County. After hearing the story of our guests, Cynthia and Winston Hovey, it will not surprise you that they recently settled in Venice, Florida. Venice is a place voted one of the 10 happiest seaside towns by Coastal Living Magazine and the original location of Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Clown College. <laughs> yeah, you should have gone there, Gil. Yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the first time Winston met Cynthia in May of 1990, he said to her, you seem like the kind of girl who would like the Caribbean. Have you ever been sailing in a tropical paradise? After hearing that line, many women would have ran away. Cynthia did not. They didn't go to the Caribbean immediately, but they started dating and started their life together in San Diego. Their Caribbean adventure began when they accepted an offer to run a Jimmy Buffett-style pirate bar on a tiny island in the British Virgin Islands. They abandoned their San Diego corporate lifestyle to look for a career in the Caribbean. Lord by an ad they saw, stapled to a palm frond wall while vacationing in the Caribbean, they traded their oceanside condo and corporate lifestyle for a grass hut to run a pirate bar on a tiny island with a population of five in the British Virgin Islands. Whoa. 
(laughs) (laughs) From living in the grass hut and operating a pirate bar, they transitioned to running mega yachts for multi-millionaire yacht owners. Wow. They each acquired U.S. Coast Guard captain's licenses and became full-time professional yacht captains. Winston and Cynthia began their yachting career taking charter guests on yacht vacations. They did that for 20 years. Man. As one wide-eyed 10-year-old guest exclaimed, you guys are so lucky. You get to go on everyone's vacations. Cool. The Hovey's Caribbean adventures are chronicled in the book. There's a yacht more to life. Loving, working, and playing in paradise. Here's a little more background about our guests. Cynthia was born in Lakewood, Ohio, lived there till sixth grade, and then moved to St. Charles, Missouri, which is 30 miles west of St. Louis. She attended Catholic grade schools, high school, and Lindenwood College, all in Missouri. Cynthia tells us her career was very varied. She worked in St. Louis at a public relations firm for eight years, then moved to San Diego and worked for a PR marketing firm there. She was on the team that created the Got Milk campaign. No way. Yeah. Oh, my God. How long did that take? Uh, came up with that? It took a while. We worked in conjunction with an ad, ad agency in San Francisco. Yeah. And uh, that was those two words came out of that agency. Oh, and my we God. Helped, we helped promote it by by um, in in five cities in California. We asked the, the mayors and the VIPs of the city to go without milk for a week and tell us about it. Oh, and, uh, wow. That, wow. That kicked off the first five ads that got milk had. That was and such were, a successful campaign. Well, you know, it's still going on. It's still going I, on. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was just in a bar in Destin <laughs> and they had a big sticker that said got rum. <gasps> oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It said got rum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got rum. Yeah. Got milk. <laughs> I I, sh- I worked shortly in the ad industry. I worked for Gray Advertising for. Oh, a bit. you did. Yeah, sure. and and I, you know, when I hear these amazing, you know, historical uh, campaigns, but Got Milk is one of my favorite all time. It, and oh, was, good for you. Big hip. Yeah. 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 Wow. Then in 1994, tired of working 60-hour work weeks, yeah, we know that in advertising, Winston and Cynthia began their Caribbean working adventure. Her interests include sailing, snorkeling, traveling, RVing, delivering yachts, and taking people sailing. Winston was born and raised in Fredrickson, New Brunswick, Canada. He attended Fredrickson High School, then the University of New Brunswick. He then immigrated to the United States and entered the U.S. Air Force and went to Southeast Asia. Thereafter, he became a contract engineer for various building companies and finally a self-employed contractor for 20 years. Winston has retired, but does relief captain work on occasion. His interests include motorcycle riding, traveling, RVing, and yachting. So guys, welcome to Retire There. Before we get to Venice, Florida, please tell us what made the both of you give up your nine-to-five jobs in San Diego, and not a bad place to be stuck in, by the way, to move to a tiny island in the Caribbean and run a bar and grill. Oh, we had a little bit of a catalyst. Um, I was working for this agency that I'd been working for for about five years and as a VP, but I got laid off in the, in the throes of, some of that downturn and I got laid off and immediately 
decided I got to find another job and, and literally found another position. But in the meantime, we had a neighbor who said to us, get out that album and show me that picture of that sign in that bar. And she showed us the picture and said, you know what? You guys have always mumbled that you'd love to go live in the Caribbean. Here is your chance. And we took her up on it. She had missed her chance to go to Italy, was was, uh, now not able to go because she had the cumbersome illnesses and houses to get rid of Mm. things. And and I missed my chance. You should jump on this. And that's one message we have really to anybody who's considering a change in life. Mm. Jump on it because it can pass you by in a minute. That's so So true. We we decided because of that, we uh, we went down and interviewed down there. At, we called first. We called that. We pulled the sign out. It had a phone number on it. <laughs> and we called the lady and um, she basically said, come on down and check it out. And if you she said, read the book, don't stop the carnival. <laughs> you still want to come down here. We'll we'll consider it. So that's what we did. We read the book, don't stop the carnival. And it's full of fiascos that happen when a New Yorker, by the way, goes down to the Caribbean and, <laughs> and wants to buy a hotel and does. So we read that book. We called her back and said, we still want to come. And off we went. Wow. So the timing was just perfect, I guess, both of you and Winston, you also didn't have to just really leave nine to five, right? At no, the time. No, mm-hmm. no, I was, uh, well, you know, we went through several, um, building booms throughout the western part of the u.s we were i was just tired of going to building boom to building boom you know they had san diego phoenix palm springs Seattle, uh, even you yeah uh, las vegas and uh it just seemed to they kind of overlapped and uh i thought this let's let's go okay we kind of i had to i downsized quite a bit i mean everything we went down there with six ups boxes and that's everything we own they must have been big ups boxes eh? no they no. weren't they were like uh two and a half feet by three feet maybe and, wow. and you almost didn't get them right didn't winston find them yeah they they sent them down and they were actually at the bitter end yacht club uh we were just across from the bitter end yacht club and i went over to do some errands one day and i saw these boxes sitting on the dock and they'd been sitting there for several days <laughs> so, I went up and, and I looked at them and I went, God, those are our boxes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. So rather than looking at all your stuff saying, how many boxes do we need? You said, yeah. hey, yeah. those are all the boxes that we're going <laughs> to fit our stuff in. We actually made lists. We made lists up and, and people can do this if they're thinking about moving or retiring. You make lists of everything that you want to give your kids. Now, they may not want it. Most of our stuff, the kids didn't want Mm-hmm. But the thing you want, the things you want to give your kids, the thing you want to give to someone who you know that will keep it until you come back, like our photographs, our albums and our ski equipment. We knew we wanted those. We didn't want to lose them. Mm-hmm. And then you make a list of the stuff you, you you're glad to get rid of. Sell it a garage sale or in our state. We put it in. A, we sold it to an estate that came and picked it all up, all the stuff that was left over after a garage sale. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the things we think we need down in the Caribbean. And because we had visited there and sailed there on two week vacations quite a bit, maybe, I don't know, six times, we decided, we kind of knew that you only needed shorts and t-shirts and flip flops. I mean, that's basically (laughs) it. Maybe a rain jacket. 
Uh, we took one pair of jeans and never put them on the whole time we were there. You took one pair of jeans? One pair of jeans. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, how big was your residence before this all began? Yeah, we had a, um, I don't know, 1,500 square foot um, glass place at Wind and Sea in La Jolla, um, 180 degree view of the ocean. And we had it filled with antiques and all kinds of stuff. But I do want to stress, Artwork. it was an apartment. We rented it. Okay. And, and it was absolutely spectacular, but it was old. I think now it probably rents for $5,000 a month. We paid wow. $1,500 and we're right wow. on the Pacific Ocean. So we were very lucky to find it. We loved being there. And we used to sit on our balcony looking right out at the surf saying, God, where could we go after this? Yeah, wow. <laughs> How could we top this? And it ended up that we topped it by going to the Caribbean. Okay, great. So those few, bo- how many boxes was that that you Six. guys all right. Six boxes. They had our clothes in them. They had a few kitchen utensils. They had quite a bit of medicines, you know, like mm-hmm. things that we didn't think we could get down there, right. which literally at the time we couldn't get, but we ended up taking more than we needed for sure. Okay. Believe wow. it or not, even with six boxes, we still had more than we needed. Yeah, I'll bet. And that must have felt such, yeah. such a relief. Yeah, we're, we're hoping to get there. Yeah, well, it was hard, you know, getting rid of our stuff because we were so ready to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fairly easy. I mean, I had I had antique tables, everything that I had, I'd gotten at garage sales or or auctions and refinished it. So mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't like we had lots of money or incredible things. Um, we even had a, an antique grand piano. Wow. Our, wow. Living. So we had a lot of stuff, but it was it was stuff that we. We actually were not too connected to. I gave the piano to a friend in St. Louis who had a kid who wanted to learn how to play the piano. Oh, nice. And we had a bedroom set that was my mother and dad's. And we gave that to my brother. We shipped that to my brother and they still have that. Mm. Um, the rest of the stuff we pretty much gave away or or gave to this estate sale and got a, you know, just a minimum amount of money. For yeah, it. I'll bet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you will not. That's one thing to learn. You will not make money off of your furniture. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Uh, couches okay. sell for fifty dollars if they sell. So right, right, yeah. right, right. Okay. If you're thinking of retiring, do not invest in furniture. Yes. Beforehand. Agreed. And when so when you went to the little island in the British West Indies, it wasn't exactly. I mean, it was. I guess it was paradise. But you guys worked hard, right? It wasn't as if you were just lounging around. Oh yeah, we had a lot of projects to do, especially. Um, I did. Cynthia was the manager. She took care of, you know, uh, employees and stuff like that. And <clears throat> I was just Mr. Gopher, you know, going, picking people up in boats and um, and fix and stuff. I mean, it's not like you can run out to Home Depot and buy a few things. It's You pretty much had to deal with whatever was there. Yeah, Winston's Winston's Home Depot was the top of the island. We had a which, junk pile back there with all kinds of stuff that happened to end up on the shoreline. Yeah, they never they never uh, threw anything away. The man who owned this island was literally a pirate, and uh, he had all kinds of junk up there. I mean, it was a mess. The wife wanted to get rid of it all, but he wouldn't let her. And when Winston needed to fix something, he'd just go up there and see if he could find some wood or find some nails or whatever. Um, and, and he did have a lot of projects. He was in charge of keeping the generators going and wow. the water maker going and the plumbing going. This was all, all, uh, there wasn't any electricity out there, only generators. Oh my so God. he was busy with that. And I ran the, the, um, administration part of the restaurant. I never, never even worked in a re- restaurant. <laughs> I was never a waitress or anything, 
but I ended up hiring the people and um, going down and keep taking inventory and ordering all the food that came into the bar and then going down when the ferry brought the food, seeing if they actually brought everything. Uh, usually they didn't. And then wow. every Thursday I'd go to town, which was three ferry, two ferry rides away and a cab ride. Oh and I would go to town and take all the cash from the bar for a week that we took in and all the credit card receipts and then buy everything that they forgot to bring us. So wow. I did that every Thursday. It, it was really fun. Okay. We worked hard, but uh, we I, I worked a month and then I got a month off, which was one of the tempting things about that sign you mentioned. Oh. Um, it said, come and work in paradise, work a month, be off a month. Uh, the reason that the, uh, the the person that ran the silent gala, um, she said that's what, why she did it, because with her managers, she said nobody could stand doing this job constantly. So you work at 10 o'clock in the morning, you have to be at the bar and you don't leave until the person, the last person leaves, which sometimes four in the morning, wow. usually wow. Four. Yeah. Sometimes her rule was you don't close till the last person leaves. So I would go there at 10 in the morning in my dinghy and I would go back in the middle of the night back to our, our place. We lived in the grass hut for a year and then a hurricane blew it down. <gasps> so we lived, we had to move and we lived across the water in a little stone house that you could only get to by water. So I would go out in the middle of the night in this dinghy and wind my way through the water looking for the, the hump that was my house because there was no lights in our house either. It was a generator uh, oh my situation too. <laughs> Can I just tell you, I'm like sitting here in awe. First, it's like Gilligan's Island. It and then, like and then Island. here you are, you work a month and then you're off a month. But so when, you come down from that high and then you got to get back up. <laughs> but Winston yeah, didn't but have, you have, a, have a month to change, to relax. And yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was very, it worked beautifully. I had another manager and she, she alternated with me and she actually was from St. Louis too. Hmm. And she was an artist. And so in her month off, she always painted. Nice. Wow. In, my, in my month off, I always snorkeled. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. But but Winston, did Winston have the month off also? No, I didn't. That was the unfortunate part. I still oh. on. I was Mr. Handyman, Mr. Fix-It. You know, they they got me because I was an ex-contractor. So but you had he had five, he worked five days and was off a couple yeah. instead of I worked 30 days in a row. Oh wow. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. And oh. so we went sailing during that time. Yeah. And then after a while, Winston um, s- stopped working at the rock and went over and ran some little sailboats. He did kind of um, freelance work there. And uh, that's when we started the sailing business. They found out that Winston could sail when we took a trip to Antigua for sailing race week. Wow. And once, uh, once the the, aisle, the people in the BVI found out Winston could sail, they the businesses there started asking him if he would take their customers sailing that thought they knew how to sail but actually didn't. And they oh. said, "Would you just take them out for go with them a couple of days and you know make sure they know how to anchor because they always sailed in Lake Michigan but they never anchored before in their lives. Oh my! Or God. they don't know how to navigate. Oh, that's so scary. that's how we got our, that's how he got started sailing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got to know quite a few of the charter groups um, that were down there, and uh, I uh, I would do a week at a time, and then I'd go back, and it paid really, really well, very well. I was uh, quite surprised compared to what I was doing at at um, the island. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I I constantly look for a way to 
get off the island and maybe do this for a couple of the companies. But, you know, we had a couple of hurricanes that came through uh, that pretty much destroyed the place, ended, ended the island's um, oh. rain. And uh, it was it was like. So we moved to St. Thomas. We went over to St. Thomas, which was the USVI, mm-hmm. um, U.S. Virgin Islands. Yeah. So there was no no issues with work permits and that kind of stuff. So he went over there, though, because the, the hurricanes, they were gusting to 200 miles an hour and they were 10 <gasps> days apart, just like Irma and Marie was just wow. a few years ago. And this, the first one, wiped out all the docks in in uh, Virgin Gorda, in the British Virgin Islands. The second one, 10 days later, wiped out all the roofs in St. Thomas and included the airport. So Winston, with his construction background, decided he better go over to St. Thomas and help rebuild that airport. And, of course, make some real money over there doing that in construction. So he went over there and I followed uh, about a month later. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. wow, this is fascinating. Just back to the restaurant for a second. Who who were the customers? Did everybody have to travel by boat to get there? Or was there a ferry? All, all the customers yeah. that we had were boaters, sailors. Mm-hmm. So on any given night, we had as many as 50 sailboats anchored out in front of the island. And we used to have like uh, pirate parties and we would do costume parties and you could full only moon parties. full moon parties. We had uh, we had, a lot of partying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, every night. It was like uh, the best thing on the, you know, on the agenda for a lot of sailors would be to meet up at Sabre Rock for a get together. And besides that, we were pretty close to the end of Virgin Gorda Island, where there was a resort, Bitter End Resort. And those people who would be paying lots and lots and lots of money to stay in the in the resorts little bungalows all over the that end of the island, they would want to come over and get a taste of this Jimmy Buffett craziness. So Winston <laughs> would go over and pick them up in a dinghy and bring them on over. Quite the change from a corporate lifestyle. <laughs> so how did you guys transition to running yachts? We came back to San Diego. We spent uh, about six months in San Diego. And then we got a call back from a company in the, uh, in the BVI and asked us if we'd be interested in coming back and being a, a yacht crew and running, uh, running boats in their crude yacht division. We let me, let me accepted that. And uh, we ended up back in the, in the BVI working for this company running 50, sailboats. 50 foot sailboats. Oh, wow. They were charter boats and they, they, we would have five, six people on board with us for a week at a time. And then they'd get off. And one day later, we'd get another six people and they'd stay on for a week at a time. We did that. We went from monohulls to uh, catamarans. That job ended abruptly and then decided to go to Fort Lauderdale. And while we were in Fort Lauderdale, we uh, we went to the, uh, they have a, a system of crew houses for yacht crew that are unemployed. So we went and stayed in a crew house. And within a couple of weeks, we were on a 70, 75, 80 foot yacht going to the Bahamas, which was a motor yacht. That was pure luck. Pure luck. The guy who was running the crew house, he was a captain and uh, he had a client come in and wanted him to manage this boat. And he listened. He said, listen, I got a couple here that are staying here. He said, you could get two for the price of one. And he goes, uh, why don't you talk to them? So he talked to us. He was a Texan and he needed his boat over in the Abacos. We brought along a, a captain just to kind of break us in. We went over to the Abacos and ran this boat for, I don't know, about a year, less than a year. 
he decided that he was not going to have his boat anymore. So we went back to Fort Lauderdale and within a few days we were on another boat. So wait a uh, minute, both of you, did you have your licenses at this time? And Cynthia, yes. what kind of background Wind. in sailing? No, no, no. But you, you had just a little sailing background. I mean, how I had did a you- little, when I met Winston, I had a little bit of sailing background in the Midwest. So not very much, actually. Oh, and then we went chartered sailboat, took them out. We, we didn't need captains because Winston knew how to sail. Winston used to, he owned a, a sailboat that went through the Panama Canal. So he, oh, he had done a lot of sailing wow. before yeah. he met me. Yeah, I had, before, yeah. way before I met Cynthia, I had a business partner and we bought a sailboat and went sailing for a year. That was way before I met Cynthia. We ended that, our relationship, our business relationship, we ended up, like I say, back down in the Virgin Islands. Okay. Wow. I, I'm speechless. I mean, I have like a million questions running through my head and I'm sure. Well, again, the, the, main, <laughs> the main thing is that basically, I don't want to say it fell in our laps because we did a lot of research before we left the BVI. We knew that we were going back to the States because we had had these hurricanes. Uh, we were, Winston said, we left this job abruptly. We got let go because <laughs> the owner who had so willingly hired us to run his 75, 80 foot motor yacht without us having any other experience in motor yachts actually had an ulterior motive. His captain was going back to school. So he needed somebody right away because his daughter was having a wedding and a honeymoon in the Bahamas and she wanted to be that boat. They failed to mention that to us. And then when his previous captain finished his schooling, he decided that it was time to get rid of us. And I said, oh, yeah, we didn't know that it was a temporary job, uh, but we'd still work for him for nine months and we got great experience. Mm-hmm. See, the thing with us, I was going to school in Fort Lauderdale. I had this opportunity to uh, work on this pretty nice uh, sailing yacht. I met this guy in my school and he said, I'm going to tell you something. This is something you ought to take in. He said, sail is for play and power is for pay. To make more money, you should transition to motor yachts. Gotcha. Uh, that, that makes sense. That's literally why we did it. We decided to go to Fort Lauderdale and get on a motor yacht to try it. Try that. We did have friends who had done it. Mm-hmm. So we thought if they can do it, we can do it. We took the chance. So uh, we went from making 40000 a year to making 100000 a year. That is a huge difference. But, but at one point, did you? when did you get your licenses? Got her, I got my license in the late 80s. Uh, Cynthia got hers, I think. I got mine after working on that motor yacht and I think another motor yacht. Yeah, I got it after Noah's Ark. Did you get licensed because it was required? No, we got okay. licensed in the British yeah. Virgin Islands. Not required at all. I was the only American working in the BVI that had an actual captain's license. Everybody else were just going on knowledge. Okay, but that that would put you in more demand, I would assume. Well, not in the BVI necessarily, because okay. it's really required. But then when we came, when we went to the States and we were going to run motor yachts, right. which are a lot bigger yeah. boats, a lot of tonnage, uh, you have to have a, a license. Winston had one, and I decided... And I upgraded. A lot of the licensing thing is required due to the insurance companies not going to put a captain on a boat that doesn't have a license and there are rules like if you are a u.s flagged boat Mm -hmm. you have to have a u.s captain on board right if you're flagged in another country you can have a foreigner on board as captain but if it's a u.s flag boat it has and it is over 65 feet then you have to have a licensed U.S. captain on board. So, because yeah, I was just going to say, as I'm listening to this, I'm thinking liability, liability, <laughs> liability. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, the, 
when you, when you moved to the motor yachts, we were yeah. working for private individuals who owned those yachts. We weren't working okay. for a company like we were on the sailboats. Mm-hmm. The, the owners and has the liability and his insurance. So he's going to make sure you have your licenses. Okay. So, so let's talk about Venice. How did Wait, you before we go to Venice? Okay. I just want to say one thing. My fam, my father was from Grenada in the West Indies, and I have, I oh, still, have, right. yes, I still have relatives in the West Indies. I've always wondered how they, how they live these crazy stories, but your story is just amazing. It, remind, it reminds me of that. Yeah. We knew even in 2008, when we took that break and we're back up in, we kind of went to the San Francisco area where I helped my son with his business. We, we couldn't go live in a suburban house. We just couldn't didn't couldn't stand the idea of living in a suburban house so we lived in a boathouse we lived on a dock in a boathouse for in, about so, in sausalito in sausalito wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that boat lifestyle up because we liked those people because they all realize that it's more fun outside than inside and they don't care whether they've got makeup on or their hair is straight because the yeah. wind's going to blow it around anyway right yeah. right right and, uh, and so then in retirement we didn't have to transition like many of your listeners probably have to they you know they have these huge homes with all this special stuff that they can't bear to get rid of. If right, that's right. the case, they're not ready to retire or they're not ah. ready. To, they can retire, but they're not ready to, to downsize. Sure. We, that's a good point. Had, yeah. We had the, the benefit of downsizing twice before we came to this, to Venice. Okay. I have, I have an interesting story. We actually went to work for a, a gentleman in Palm beach, Florida. He ran a series of, retirement communities for the super wealthy. There were several of them around Florida, Palm Beach, Naples, blah, blah, blah. And he told me, he said, a lot of very wealthy people, when they get ready to to retire, they don't want to give up that lifestyle. So he has created these uh, retirement communities with entertainment, cabaret shows, da, 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 all this stuff, where people could come and wear their, their nightgowns and not their night concert. <laughs> not their night evening, yeah. That's a different kind of living. <laughs> With all their jewelry and stuff yeah. and and, uh, and still feel right at home. It was so funny that we, we actually worked for that guy. And, and this was his business was uh, high-end retirement communities, which only are in certain pockets around South Florida. Oh, that's so interesting. But, but like Mr. A, Mr. But, and Mrs. Howell. Yeah. But like us, you would never live in a place like that, right? I mean, I, I could no. I could never see myself living in a place like that. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. Before you moved to the Caribbean, when you told your kids, what did your kids think of oh, you? Oh yeah. Were they full grown? That? Yeah, were they grown? They probably yeah. thought it was a great place. Oh, good. You guys are moving to the Caribbean. It gives us yeah. a place to come and visit. Really? Yeah, they really did. Yeah. At the time my son lived in LA and my daughter lived in she probably was, I don't know if she was in San Francisco yeah, when we first moved or not. They both came down and visited, even at the when we were living on the rock and went on the boats with us. And you know, they were all grown and had families and everything. Oh, so. okay. Wow. okay. That's why we got into RV and because uh, we can move around and they can't find us. <laughs> <laughs> so but but nobody said, Hey, you're nuts. What are you doing? You're nuts for doing that. Nobody oh, yeah. said that. Well, you know what? I don't know, Winston. Do you think anybody said we're nuts? They said we're brave. Yeah. yeah and they yeah, said I would never I could never do that. You took the you but took the were, path less traveled. They were interested. They were interested in the fact that we were doing it. And and they, of course, some of them came to visit too. I don't know what my parents thought of it, but my dad, who was by this time in his 90s almost, he had me come. He lived in Texas and I went to visit him often. And he would take me to his Kiwanis meetings so often <laughs> that they finally made me an honorary Kiwanis member. Oh but he always Kiwanis. wanted me to come and tell boat stories. 
So I would go there and tell them stories about what I served on the yachts or what they were like and how it was to drive them and park them and all of that. Yeah. So even he was very intrigued with it, even though I'm sure he thought I should be working for some some place where I would get a a huge 401k and a great big (laughs) a bi-weekly direct deposit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's let's move to Venice. Tell us why Venice, um, you know, not Sarasota itself and what your life is like. We were going from Arizona, southern Arizona to Florida. We were really familiar with Florida because of our, you know, our jobs and stuff. You you left out yeah. the fact that between between the yachting and here, we we did some RVing. We okay. bought an RV, a small 17-foot RV, and we traveled the country. Literally, we bought it four years ago. We traveled the country for six months out of the year, and then we'd go back and work for our boss in, in uh, yachting. Okay. And then retire and then sort of retire again and travel. When we started traveling with our RV, we uh, would spend uh, a winter in Arizona and then we'd come cross country and we traveled mostly on back roads. We just, we didn't do interstates because of the truck traffic and that kind of stuff. And we came to the west side of Florida because it was new to us. And we originally spent some time around Clearwater area. We liked that area, but didn't suit us what we were doing. We ventured on down south to Sarasota and then Venice and what are Northport and some of these other down to the Everglades and across we went to Port Charlotte and Punta Gorda and we really liked the small townness of it you know it was kind of like a a really cool little beach town little things that uh, appealed to us so we started going to this one little RV resort that was in Venice which is actually in the Mayaca along the Mayaca River kind of liked it in there. It was, you know, tree, lots of trees. And we returned there often. And we, we always had a really good experience with whatever people we met in the pool in the hot tub. Yeah. But anyway, there was, um, when the pandemic hit, a lot of people were moving out. So a lot of these little park models became available and we were blown away how inexpensive they were. We were going, wow. We what are they? What are they? What are they? Apartments? Park models. They're like little tiny homes that are in RV resorts. They're basically 30 or 40 foot RVs that have a lanai, a, a screened in porch next to them, the full length of them. Ah. And there's all kinds of them in RV parks all over the country. Uh, there's a lot of parks that concentrate on at least half of their spaces being these park models where people live in them six months out of the year and travel six months or go back home to their other house six months out of the year. You rent these for six months at a time? Well, uh, you, some you people actually, rent them. Some, some people, people rent them. But we bought this. Okay. Yeah, we, bought we bought ours. With, as a deed, you know, the whole thing. And then you pay for the parking spot, basically. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're buying your house, but you're still renting your spot. Some people will choose to retire in a place where they buy the lot and the house. This is in Venice. If you want to do that, we just, we not in Venice. We didn't want to, we looked at some of those parks and we just didn't find anything we liked. And this one, I'll tell you, one of the reasons we like Venice so much is that it's very, it's very tropical, which we thought would be, was very important to us. Lots of palm trees. And this particular resort is very jungly. All the RVs, all the homes have lots of trees and tropical plants around them. A lot of Spanish moss hanging off them everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of places don't have that. A lot of them are more like parking lots, really. So that really intrigued us to this place. 
we just we really weren't planning on getting settling down to a with a, a home, a walls again. We haven't had walls in 30 years, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We were talking to lots of people in the pool and the hot tub about um, how there were so many available spots and they were such good buys. And we said it was our anniversary. And I said, well, we're not doing anything else on our anniversary. Let's go check it out. We just drove around and met, asked a lot of questions and found somebody who was well-connected. And he showed us a bunch of places and ended up about a week later. Here we did buy one. Can we ask you, give us um, an idea of the cost of these things, like the average cost? Are you are well, you in a... It's all blow you away. We paid 24000 for this. Oh, yeah. goodness. Wow. So it's, it's an arsenal. And right, outside, right outside the main gate of the is a, is a new housing development, and the cheapest house in there is three hundred thousand. Wow. Oh, cheap, at least, yeah, at least. So, all right, wow. wait a minute. I I want to make sure we're clear. So, this is an RV park, but you're in a residential slash kind of area where you can actually take your RV and go when you want to. They have or, a separate but, RV, but they have a lanai connected. No, they have a separate yes. RV. Oh, we have our little we have our little 17 foot travel trailer and that we have in a storage area right there. They let us store it right there, or not next to our living quarters, but in a yard where a locked yard where other people have their RVs. OK, because most people that live in here travel the rest of the year. So, OK, OK, some of the year. So this uh, park. So this park model that you're living in now has uh-huh. the lanai. And it's just a long like RV, right? There's no, is there a separate bedroom? Like, can you oh. see that? Can you see that? Oh, okay. yes, yes, is, yes. Is that a double wide? I can't see. Yeah, it's like double wide, except that the lanai part of it, one half of it is right to the ground. Okay. It's it's screened in on most homes. Ours is not screened in. Ours has, has walls, drywall all the way in it, around oh, it. Wow. So it is air conditioned okay. in the summer and, and heated in the winter, though we've heard you don't need the heat here. Which is another reason okay. we like Venice. <laughs> okay. Is it on a foundation? Yes. Oh, oh okay. So it's so, just like a regular no, house. On one side. And the other side, which is the Lanai part, that I guess is on a foundation. Okay. okay. So half of it's foundation and the other half we can crawl under. I hate to use the word trailer, but that's basically what it is. Yeah, it looks like a home. It's got vaulted ceilings in it. It has wow. two bedrooms. It has a laundry with washer and dryer. Oh, wow. we, we have our own washer and dryer. We, only, we moved amazing. in there. We moved in there with our just our clothes. Okay. Yeah, it right. was fully that's furnished. All you had. <laughs> that's all you yeah. had. And it's fully furnished. Yeah. And and what amenities do they have? I know you said they have a pool. What, what oh, they, they have, have other all amenities? Kinds of amenities. And this is something that people who retire ought to consider. Um, if they're social, they like arts and crafts, or they like mm-hmm. almost any activities. I don't know what you're showing them now. The pool pool is very nice, yes. Oh, the pool is gorgeous. You know, this is a way of retiring and yet not just being by yourself or with your husband or your partner because you've got this social atmosphere there. There is something going on almost every day there. If it's not uh, classes in woodworking or glass blowing, they have complete rooms that are just for glass blowing. They have a complete room that's just for sewing. Okay, so how many units are there around? You know what? I don't know that. We have to look that up and we'll yeah. look. No, no, no. But is it, are you, do you feel like you're in a neighborhood, you know, you're what, 10 feet away from the next house or 20 no. feet or whatever? No, we have a lot of, we have a lot of yard around us. In fact, we have an RV spot next to us that is empty that we'll have somebody in it. We know that during the winter, they'll have somebody in it for that's coming for three months. Uh-huh. And our neighbors know that 
person. They come all the time and they like them. They're real. They just <laughs> love this couple. So we have a lot of space. We have two storage units out in our yard. We just wow. bought a, a three palm trees to put in the front yard because it didn't Ooh, have one. Nice. Um, it has a deck and everything. So wow. Is this area elder friendly? Are you walking distance? I mean, walkable to any nearby coffee shops, you know, food. That was, this particular one, we're not. We're not walking. To, we have to drive to anything. And there, those things are about, I'd say, three miles away. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. But the roads here, you can't you can't <laughs> drive a golf cart on the roads. A lot of people here have golf carts. We okay. don't but because we walk a lot, but some people do. They take their golf cart down to the pool or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, the, there's lots and lots of everything you need in a store, you know, mm-hmm. available within five miles. And yet we are kind of in the woods and we have a river right there that runs through the property. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so nice. It does yeah, feel like we're outside, we're camping, we're not living in a subdivision. Okay. Healthcare. Are you near hospitals and so forth? Yep. We're near hospitals. In fact, one of the reasons that, I mean, we're healthy, thank God. Yeah. But you never know what's going to happen. One of the couples that that actually were the first ones to bring us a margarita when we bought this place uh, and christen it, they told us they had a doctor. His wife actually has gone through some terrible cancer challenges. And mm-hmm. he connected us with his doctor. He said, this is the best guy in the whole county and he's going to you know, get you in. And and we got in because we used his name. And okay. so we've got our own doctors here now and everything. We had been always going back to San Diego to our doctors. <laughs> wow. And oh, wow. Winston's a veteran. So he used the VA, but that was based in San Diego too. So now we're transferring all that over to this side of the world. Right. right. Cause that's quite a flight yeah. to get medical oh, care. Oh yeah, it truly is. But we're, we, and that, you know, that's another thing. This may or may not be something you would use, but when we were out West, we learned as many RVers know, um, there's fabulous dental work in the, right across the border in Mexico. We had literally flown to Arizona to go to that dentist when we had a particular problem with an implant that turned out to cost $85 in Mexico. Wow. Um, wow. They qu- quoted me 4500 here in Florida. And I went, well, God, I could fly to Phoenix, rent a car, drive to El Godonis, get my dental work done and fly home and still be ahead of the game by thousands of dollars. Oh, wow. Man. It turned out that they were quoting us getting a whole new implant. And this doctor looked at the at the x-rays and checked it all out and said, all you need is a tightening and I'll tighten it up. And it's been fine ever since. Wow. And they are, their offices are like and NASA. He, and then he went in and he said, you got a couple of cavities here. You said, you want me just to take, take care of those? I said, sure. <laughs> so when I went up to the front desk to pay, cause I had like a wad of cash in my pocket thinking I was going to have to pay a thousand dollars for this. And she goes through and looks through her thing. She goes, how about $88? Oh, and I my went, God. oh my goodness. No, I was, I was so nervous. I couldn't write the check. <laughs> Oh my God. This this is one of the reasons medical tourism is getting so big these days. Oh yes. We have a friend who who really investigated it on the mainland of Mexico. Mm -hmm. But this place is well known to retirees that live in Arizona and RVers all over the country. They just go there for all their dental. I think there's seven hundred dentists in this one town. And the the woman that we go to, I mean the dentist is the one that cleans your teeth. Right. Oh wow. um, yeah, and they their offices look like NASA. They got all the equipment. And what, what's the name of the town again? What's the name of the town in Mexico? El, El Godonis. El Wait, Godonis. We can't hear you. El Godonis. It's by Yuma. By Yuma. Yeah, okay. It's across from Yuma, Arizona. 
This is yeah. amazing. Good to know. Yeah, yeah, my dad is down there. Thank I've you. taken several of my friends down there, and they are just they're blown away. I think I had a friend that went down and they had like four crowns replaced. Wow. They have they have labs right there where they come and get the impressions and they have them back the next morning. What? You did that, if you did that in the States, you'd be waiting two or three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Not, for the, not for the total implant. You have to still wait for the bone to grow and you have to come back yeah. in six months for the total tooth. But yeah, they take care of it all there. That's and the same thing they have. And there's a hotel right across the street from our office. <laughs> wow. <laughs> of course there is. And you don't drive, you don't drive across the border. You walk, you park your car in a, in a secured area. You walk across the border and the, our dentist picks you up, takes you to her oh, place. Although you can you walk through the turnstile. She's got a car. She she's got a car right there waiting for you. <laughs> Back to healthcare in Venice. Venice is only 20 minutes from Sarasota also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's another, I don't know, maybe two, how far is it to St. Petersburg? I mean, there's a lot of big yeah. cities along there and a lot of retirees in Sarasota. Yes. So yes. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of good doctors around yeah. for sure. My friends, I said, the nice thing about here, when you go out to happy hour, everybody's your age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, I think I read and happy that. hour starts at two o'clock because <laughs> oh, everybody has to be in bed by eight. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> You know, I think I read that 67% of Venice are seniors. So that's why. Well, that's I think, interesting. Yeah. Well, wow. I'll tell you one thing about this park that we bought into. There are a lot of young people coming in that park. And I oh. think it's because they realize the value. The yep. value is so good. The buying value is so good. Yeah. And it, this is not a 55 or older park. And we we didn't want a 55 or older park because younger people, I mean, we relate to a lot of young people, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, we're not wild and crazy about noisy kids, but most kids are a lot of fun to watch. So <laughs> um, we're really happy that there are a lot of young people moving into this particular park. Yeah, yeah. no, that's I, good. I like that. Yeah, I, don't I like, like the mixture, you yes, know, it gives yes. it diversity. And, and let me ask it you, did. it's good energy about, yeah. about your location. How are, how far are you from the beach? 20 minutes. That's oh, bad. wonderful. And what about the airport? An hour. Okay. Which airport yeah. is it? Is it Sarasota? No, it's Fort, Fort Myers. But I flew, I just flew from Fort Myers to San Francisco for $105 one way. Wow. I just wow. looked at a ticket for Winston to go from Fort Myers to Phoenix. It was $44. What? Wow. Oh, is that uh, one South, Southwest? One Frontier. Oh, frontier. frontier so, yeah. yeah. So you have, you know, you don't take a bag, but we don't bring a bag anyway. I mean, we yeah. carry very little clothes. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good place to for most people to fly. Yeah, and it's a real manageable airport. You know, it's yeah, kind of like these mega airports that you get lost in. You need yeah. a tram. You need a tram. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get out of your car and you go straight to your gate. And I, I just have one question. Did you when when you move thinking about? moving to florida did you think about going to san diego instead because you have um so much history there i would love to do that but you know who can afford to go to san diego yeah it's california so expensive now. literally we were just in that area and gas was we saw gas at 586 wow so, oh my lord we're our gas here is uh 369 and, and we just saw yeah. some for 297 but it's most two, of the gas here two, is three three dollars yeah, 292 in places if yeah. you look for it so even beyond real estate, the, the cost of living is pretty good there? Here in Venice? In Venice, yes. Oh, yeah. It really is. It's a secret, so don't tell anybody. Else. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Martha. <laughs> you know, because, uh, maybe if 
there's a lot of seniors. We just, you know, we just went to a restaurant that's right on the beach. Prices were great because I get, maybe it's because of seniors. I don't know. They, like Winston said, they have happy hours out of the, out of this world, but there was a, a double filet steak dinner with all the fixings and it was $28. <gasps> you know, that's pretty amazing. Now we that is. It, so I don't know how good it is, but, <laughs> but the prices are, you get a really good burger for under $10. And then the seafood yeah. must be very good, right? Yeah. The seafood's going to yeah. be amazing. Oh yeah. The seafood's great. The seafood is, is really unusual. We just had some seafood yesterday. It's called reds and mm-hmm. it's a shrimp that is caught at about 2000 feet down. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. Caught in, we just heard of that. yesterday. Never there's heard a that, meeting. Yeah. yeah, there's a hole out in the ocean, out in off the Gulf of, of in Mexico. The Gulf, rather. Okay. There's a meteor crater. Whoa. There's a meteor crater in the ocean, which they think is where the meteor hit that, that made all the uh, dinosaurs extinct. And they fish off the edge of that meteor crater uh, and they get these shrimp called reds. They're like lobster. Yeah, they're almost like lobster. Wow. And they're big. And we had a pound of them for nineteen dollars. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing! Wait, do they taste like lobster? They do. Yeah, they do. They're real wow. sweet. You can only get them. Well, I, I'm not sure about. We've this, only but... found them around Alabama, Mississippi, the Panhandle. Oh, the they're on the Gulf. Okay. Wait, did you say reds? Like the color red? Reds? Yeah, they yeah. call them reds. Oh, interesting. Uh, Although wow. the guy yesterday, the guy yesterday said in Texas they call them pinkies, but we never, we haven't come across that. <laughs> I don't know that I want to buy any shrimp called pinky. It's too small. (laughs) By the time you get rid of the shell, you know, there's like a pinky left. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But they're as big around as your thumb. They're like a prawn. They're really big. Yeah. So so that's, that's kind of an an example of the costs here. As far as clothes and all that kind of stuff, there's, there's as many boutiques as there are discount stores here. Right. Right. You know, we shop a lot in, in like for little things for, our house, we'll go to thrift shops and, and yeah. we have a ball in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, when we were in Florida, we saw a lot of thrift shops. Yeah. And so that's always a good source. A lot of consignment, yeah. lot of consignment stores because there's a lot of wealth. Um, yeah. Who moves? Those people, they change out their decor, you know, every year. So they take all that stuff to, uh, you know, consignment shops. No, that's the way to go. You know what? We waste so much. I mean, we try to recycle everything here. You know, it's good that people are actually going to thrift stores. I mean, in our neighborhood, I know Gene and I, because we're trying to get rid of everything. And we mm-hmm. recently hit with um, Hurricane Ida and our entire basement, um, unfortunately, got damaged. So, yeah. So we've been, you know, gave us an impetus to start clearing our house. And we usually go at least once a week to Salvation Army, at least. Well, that's and, good. Yeah. And they have a sign up usually by you know, noon, they'll have a sign that says we are full. Don't bring anything. We're not taking anything else. So sometimes you can also find places that we up in Seattle, we found a place that was a a haven for people in need, families in need. And this place helped them find homes or find apartments. Oh, when they got that apartment, they didn't have any furniture. They would take in things. They'd even take in canned goods, which they said, we never use these. We give them to our friends, our, our clients, when they when we get them into a home, and nice. you can find places like that, around, uh, yeah. or women's shelters or men's right. shelters. Uh, yeah, right. And Seattle is very even artwork, even yeah. artwork. Yeah, yeah. You know, no. And Seattle is very conscious of that, and and they do good that way. I love it. Yeah, 
Our son found out the value of these places the hard way. He just um, graduated from college and he moved to an apartment in Rhode Island. And he, he has an apartment mate. My son moved in first and he bought a bureau, cost a couple hundred dollars. His apartment mate went to Salvation Army, I think spent $60 on a bureau, didn't have to put it together. And it's um, sturdy. Right, and so, put it so I hope my son, our son learned the lesson, right? <laughs> Maybe I'm will. not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, some of these places, I mean, I took a chair. We had two chairs in the place that we bought. It is fully, fully, fully furnished, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Even yeah. right down to the Keurig coffee pot. Oh, my goodness. Uh, wow. And, the mixer. and three TVs. And three, te- yeah, three television. I mean, it is totally furnished. Two of the bed. One is a trundle bed that sleeps. You know, you can pull it out and yep. sleep. Sure, sure. And a couch that makes into a bed plus our bedroom. I mean, it is really well equipped. Nice. And completely finished. All new electrical, all new plumbing because they had a flood. Wow. Because some, some water problem happened. But it is nice that everything is really furnished and you don't have to buy yeah. much. Yeah. But I, there were two chairs that we didn't really need. And we took them to a, I think it was a Salvation Army or maybe it was a Goodwill. They wouldn't take mm-hmm. them because they had a stain on one of them. They're particular wow. in Florida. Interesting. Wow. Particular other places where I found another strip shop and they took them because I would have, re- you know, I'd get them and reupholster them. They just had a little round. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if yeah. you like it. Okay. But, uh, it is, a, it is a, a lifestyle that we enjoy. Yeah. We, when we got rid of everything, one of our, one of my mantras was, I found this stuff at an auction and I refinished it. Now someone else gets to find it. Oh, I agree. With their piece, their treasure. And I that's agree. how we look. We're always treasure hunting. Yeah, no, I found a group on Facebook called Pass It Along, and uh, I listed a bunch oh of things. And within 30 minutes, people came by and took it. And they took everything. They took everything. I had, yeah. like, four, I had like four bags, you know. And see but, how but, happy they were, you know. Yeah, and yeah. you know, they're going to good homes, and people can reuse it. And so it's being, it, it has another life. Others mm-hmm. can enjoy it. Yeah, well, cool. you know what? On that note, I think we've covered a lot, and we took up a lot of your time. But those stories are, oh you guys goodness. are amazing. <laughs> You guys are well, really story, amazing. Yeah. The stories are all sure, in the book. Sure and buy our book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Again, yes. Stories are all in the book. There's Again, a yacht more to life. It's Winston, Winston and Cynthia Hovey. There's a yacht more to life. Loving, working, and playing in paradise. <laughs> yeah, we're going to list everything in the show notes. That's so, cool. guys. Cool. Yeah, thank you so, so much. Oh, and thank you so much. We so appreciate it. It's really fun to, to listen to your, your other um, podcasts. There's some great ones in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate that. Really do. Do you have any advice for somebody retiring? or Mainly it is both of you, if you have a partner, you both have to want to retire at the same time. You have to agree to get rid of your stuff. If one of the partners doesn't really want to get rid of that, then keep it. You can always get rid of it later. Or get uh, rid of the partner. Or yeah, get rid of the partner. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is don't pass up an opportunity because we could have passed up that sign that we saw in the, um, yeah. in the bar, you know, and we could have had when we got fired, we could have gone, oh, God, let's get out of this industry. And actually, I got to tell you, we we had 100 charters, 99 of them raved about us. And then one person uh, didn't. And we were gone unjustly in our minds. But yeah. it actually opened up the whole world of motor yachting. So that's yeah. the other thing. If a disaster happens to you for one reason or other, somehow there's a there's another door. Yeah. Yes. Just pick up and go. Look for it. Just That's look right. for it. Don't ignore okay. it. Okay. Don't be afraid. 
Yeah, we were we were also on uh, Super Yacht Radio out of Mallorca. Super Yacht Radio is a really a really amazing station. And we were featured in two nautical publications, uh, one called Doc Walk, a crew captain's crew magazine, okay. and we we're also in the Welcome magazine, which is a BVI uh, magazine. Yeah, they, we've they, got we've had a lot of articles. Okay, okay, sounds right. good. Thanks, Thank guys. You so much. Bye. It was great. Thank okay, you. bye. Bye bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well.